0: podcast dedicated to the fans of Stereophonics, their stories, memories, fun times. I'm Paul Smith and this is Keep the Podcast Alive. Hello and welcome to Keep the Podcast Alive. I'm Paul Smith. My guest this week is Mr Ash Palmer. Ash, how are you doing mate? You gay? Okay? I'm all right,
1: mate. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, not too bad,
0: mate. Not too bad. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done um, done an episode and I know we've been trying to get this one tied up and, you know, get, get a time when we're both free to get this one tied up. So I'm glad we've got it. Um, what I'm looking forward to, to, to be honest, um, I think yes, my so... first non-Welsh guest um, and my first musician. The first musician on the podcast. I'm keen I'm to keen to hear yeah, how, uh, Manchester. you know, um, the band influence your music.
1: Yeah, massively. Um, there's, they're the reason I am a musician. It's like the first gig I ever went to. Mm-hmm. was For some reason in 2008, I was 13, my mum and dad decided that they were taking me and my sister to see some sort of show, and they might have picked... I don't know, a theatrical production or something or whatever, but for whatever reason, they, I think they've been to see Stereophonics before and we're like, oh, we'll, we'll take them to that. Thinking, you know, it'll just be an experience for them to see a live performance because we've never been to anything like that before. And I just became obsessed with it before I even went because my thinking was if I go to this gig and I don't know any of the songs, I'm going to be bored shitless for two hours. Yeah. So I've started getting the Stereophonics albums out and I got... And I knew a lot of the songs anyway because Stereophonics had been on it. I can remember them being on in my dad's car, Word Gets Around being on. And I was born in 95. So if I can remember Local Boy being on in the car, I must have been maybe two, three. It's the first song I ever remember. Yeah, definitely. Hearing. It's the Local Boy in the Photographs, the first song I ever remember hearing in my life. And um, so I we went to this, I spent like a couple of months building up to this gig, going through all the back albums because it was the Decade in the Sun tour. So, it, okay, I, yeah. All I had 10 years of albums to listen to in about six months. And by the time it came to the <laughs> I knew every single song they'd ever released, word for word. I just absolutely became obsessed with them. And um, Brilliant. when I can remember it getting, I can't remember, it was probably Dakota at the end of the night. I think it was Dakota. And at that point, that was when they had all the confetti cannons and stuff on the take a look at me Nows" at the end. And I just remember turning to my mum, and just going, pointing at Kelly and going, I want to do that. And the next day I picked the guitar up and I've never put it down since. That's 13 years ago now. So that it really? was like that one moment, something clicked in my head and I just went, I want to do that. And my mum must have just laid out. Yeah, whatever. Little did she know that <laughs> the rest yeah, of uh, yeah. that point on would revolve around music. And it, what, it was all, I don't know what, I couldn't play an instrument. I used to sing in the school choir and stuff, but yeah. a lot younger. But there was never anything. And then Summit just, when they decide what, what, it's just one of them fate things, isn't it? Whatever made them buy the tickets to that gig and me go back through all the albums. And then Summit just clicked that night. And I've been doing it ever since. So that's
0: how you chose your career path. So is, is, um, is your music what you do
1: full time? Um, no, I do. Um, I did a degree in music Um I finished it. Well, finished it. It got cut short by lockdown. I was in my third year and we just kind of got told not to go in one day and we never went back because we'd finished. But um, uh. my, <laughs> my, my, my degree's in songwriting and um, I'm still I'm like working with my manager, Owen, who you introduced himself earlier to you. Um, And performing, releasing music onto Spotify and stuff, but sadly these days doing that isn't enough to live off. But I do have a day job, and I've actually recently started a new job that I absolutely love. It's just working in a warehouse, but it's yeah, it's nine till six every uh, Monday to Friday, which means evenings and weekends I'm free to do music. So I I actually that's That's the time
0: to do your gigs then.
1: Yeah, um, for. I've finally got to the point in my life where I've got the balance between you know, I work you're not missing any gig opportunities between 9 a.m and 6 p.m on a on a weekday so everything's kind of worked out. <laughs> like that.
0: happy days mate it works it works around you and your music that's all you can ask for really isn't it
1: yeah exactly it's brilliant at the minute I'm I'm just waiting for venues to get be allowed full capacity again and we can get going I've got I've got years worth of new songs really written, to be honest, that are ready to record. So uh, it's kind of getting frustrating yeah, yeah. that we're being held back and held back. And but as soon as they get rid of this lockdown stuff, then we'll be going at it. And I think I, think I can probably speak for the majority. Of course, of the everybody's just going to go mental. Have like Stereophonics have already finished an album, haven't they? Like Kelly said the other day, album number of twelve. Course.
0: yeah, they um... yeah. He put that little video out a couple of days ago, didn't he? Say yeah. anything it was done. Um, we'll see it. I think he said the end of the year, didn't he? Something, yeah, I it's think five months. So is that November. Yeah, yeah. Sort of November, December time. Yeah. Well,
1: they normally do a tour. So right?
0: Interesting. Um. Yeah, it is usually late in the year, isn't it? The tours. Yeah. Yeah. So something to look forward to. I know. Um. Exactly. A lot yeah. of fans are looking forward to the Scarborough gig as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Scarborough gig, which I know. I think it's touching. Well, it's not touch and go, but people are getting worried that they may uh, cancel it because um, I think was it Kendall calling was cancelled that they were yeah. due to play at.
1: Yeah, that got cancelled. Yeah, so, so but as like say Scarborough, anything, it's it's all touch and go at the minute, isn't it? They can kind of just these knobheads who are in charge can just do what they want, can't they? At the moment, unfortunately, but. I haven't actually got tickets to Scarborough because um, it's on a weeknight, I believe. And I, it, by the time I finish work, and I wouldn't, have to, I don't finish till six, so I wouldn't have a chance to get in there. But I'm, yeah. old, I'm holding out for a gig on this side of the country at some point. So I'm in Manchester, so. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm sure there'll there'll be something. I'm sure there'll be something. Yeah. Um, like well, you said, as I soon know. as um, as soon as the lockdown ends and you know, they start announcing full capacity and stuff. Yeah. Um, have you Have you done many gigs yourself since they've started to reopen? Are you even allowed to do gigs at the moment?
1: Yeah, we can. I think up to a certain capacity. There's a couple of venues in Manchester have been running gigs in their beer gardens and little outside spaces and stuff. People are being very clever and inventive with how they can kind of bend the rules a little bit to get away with putting gigs on. Yeah, I did one a couple of weeks ago, and it was absolutely amazing, and um it was nice to be back on stage so I've been fighting on through lockdown I, I did quite a lot of live streams and some of them got quite a lot of views but just technical difficulties were getting to the point where I was just like you know what I'm making myself look like an idiot like everything going on <laughs> you get three songs in and then somebody would come in the room and go we can't hear you and it's just oh it's just doing yeah, my the internet will cut off. Jo- the
0: joys uh, of the internet, yeah, isn't it? That, that I'm working right, from right. home and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I was just like, right, I've had enough of this. You just can come out and see me when lockdown ends and <laughs> 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 making myself look like a tit on the internet trying to, with things I can't control. But yeah, it's amazing. Be, <laughs> it's amazing to be back on a real stage and have people joining in and singing along and stuff. There was one moment in that gig that I did where I played a song that everybody just jumped up and started dancing and all you can see on the video is the bouncers running around telling everybody to sit down. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like but yeah. when that goes away, it will be even better. But it was just, it, that was funny in itself. But it's just,
0: yeah, it will That's move even, on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it will get better. But um, I, I I suppose it's quite hard because you're not even allowed to, like, sing along at gigs I don't, I don't think you like you have to sit down and be quiet
1: yeah there's um, there's a lot of bands getting pissed off because they're, they're playing and because the crowd are kind of joining in they're getting told to turn the PA system down so then they're like oh, what's the fucking point of playing then <laughs> it's just like it, it defeats the yeah, purpose yeah 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 but you know you, obviously when stereo Scarborough they're not going to be able to tell them to do that are they so
0: no Definitely not, definitely not. Uh like you said, you've got um you've got tons and tons of music. Um, you know, your self-written music. What's tell tell me about one song that has been influenced by Kelly or the band? What's what's the what's the biggest one?
1: Um It'd be hard to pick one, because to be honest, they're all influenced by stereophonics in, in some way, shape, or okay. it's but the thing I take most from Kelly and the thing I like the most about his style of songwriting is the ability to tell a story. Um, I like that in Irish music as well. And even some songs, I know it's a random one to associate with that, but Eminem, for example, can tell a story within a lit. And I always found that really interesting. Um, so I've tried to do that in a couple of songs. It was my old? I was in a band called A66 a couple of years ago. We had a song called Borrowed Time, which when I first moved to Manchester, I was really struck by the number of homeless people that they were. I'd never seen that before in places I'd lived. That wasn't, there'd be like one homeless person. Um, Here it's really, Mm. really common. And when I first moved here, that was quite shocking and it struck me. So I wrote a song, I think like it was... From the persp- this guy who was homeless had created this big personality that he used to be like a film star or something and he used to stop people to tell them this story and um, then at the end of the song, it materialises that it was all made up and the reason he made that story up was just to get people to talk to him so he had company for five minutes. It's things like that and I think I take, mm-hmm. I take that sort of inspiration from Kelly, particularly sort of the word gets around era where you create a character or you take influence from a real person and make them into a character and put that into a song. I absolutely love that about Kelly. And it's something I've tried to do myself. I don't do it in every song because you have to do, you have to have a variety. Yeah. Um. But yeah, of course. That's so I guess a specific song would be things like traffic local boy in the photograph and the ones that are um, goldfish bull where there's, either a character or lots of characters that you then develop into a story. And yeah, I think that's the relatable thing about it. I think that's why like Word Gets Around is my favorite album, not just by Stereophonics, but by anybody ever of all time. Okay. And, um, I think it's the relatability. You know, I'm from a working, I'm from a town called Workington in Cumbria. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's a kind of, it was a, a mine in town and it had a steelworks and all that's gone. And, you know, the only thing going for it now is that it's 15 minutes drive from the Lake District. I think that's about yeah. it. And <laughs> so, it that, so it sounds very similar to, uh, the you know, the, the, the valley,
0: the South Wales Valley, yeah, that, yeah old yeah. Mining, mining valley.
1: It always is. I've spent quite a bit of time in Wales on holiday growing up, and it's only in recent years come across as very bizarre to me, considering how similar the Wales, the Lake District and Wales are, that my parents chose to go on holiday... To Wales where we lived in the Lake District, <laughs> <laughs> home from home, really. Yeah, it's like, but it must have been a drive out for a couple of hours. But yeah, but I think the similarities. I've always found that between whether it's Wales, Scotland, Ireland, and Cumbria and Cornwall. I think maybe part of it. They're all part of like the Celtic nations, and I think there's definitely a, a strain that runs through the music that comes from all those places where storytelling's an element of it. And I think it's a historical thing. I think naturally, you know, Celtic music and, you know, whether it be things like the Dubliners from Ireland or Scottish bands, I can't think of one off the top of my head, or, or you know, stereophonics being Welsh, there's always a storytelling element. And I, that's something I'm a big fan of. And that's.
0: Yeah. And I, I think in places like that, Like you said, there's there's not a whole lot going on, you know. People would kind of, I don't know, sit in the pub or whatever and you would have all those characters that, you know, that Kelly talks about and writes about in his songs. So I I think there's an element of that in there, you you know, you you do just sit around and and (laughs) listen to these characters and their stories and stuff. Yeah, exactly, and it's...
1: I've seen Kelly say in interviews before we have that thing where somebody will come up to him in the pub once he's famous and tell him a story and be like, oh, don't put that in a song.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's weird how it goes from him or even maybe I guess he's well into it now, but somebody like me just sitting, I guess people watching and just social (laughs) observations and taking that and writing it into something and then if if one you know for when kelly was writing songs like local boy in the photograph for him to write that as a kid in his bedroom based on something he just experienced Mm -hmm. probably thinking nothing of it it'll have just been on like a scrap of paper for that to then go to being you know played in um like cardiff castle then Morpher, then the Millennium Stadium, then the headline, yeah. Glastonbury. And you must sit and look at the song on a night like Glastonbury gig and think, how has that got to that?
0: Yeah.
1: That, that's kind of the journey I'm on at the minute and how far into it I'll get, I don't know. But hopefully as far as Kelly did. But yeah, it is a weird thing, like even just on the scale that's a, a lot smaller for me to go from me writing a song just for me when I'm, bored or drunk or just, you just randomly come up with things. And then to go on stage at a gig and all these people sing it back to you. You're suddenly like, well that song's they've taken that now and that's theirs and they'll interpret it in their way and do what they want to do with it. And it is an amazing thing because nobody can really pinpoint where the songs come from in the first place. I don't yeah. know. I've had people for like what's your songwriting strategy is like I don't know. They just come out of nowhere. I've never tried to like sit and I'm like today, like 11 o'clock on a Thursday, I'm going to write a song. It's just like, you might not write anything for six months, then write 10 songs in three weeks. It's a yeah. random thing. And I haven't, I can't explain to anybody why I can write songs and why other people can I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea where they come from and I have no idea how I do it. It's just something. Yeah. And, oh, it's,
0: it's, it's definitely a... Um... It's definitely a talent, I guess. You know, although if it, if it wasn't, then we'd all be doing it, surely. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it is definitely a talent. Uh, and, but that was my next question, kind of. You know, um, I, I when are you most creative? What kind of gets you in the mood? Um, you know, to write your music.
1: Um, it's hard to pinpoint because I haven't, I have not written a song like lot of bands I'm you know, I know have written entire albums during lockdown. I mm. haven't written anything during lockdown. You know, I found absolutely no inspiration from it whatsoever. Other people found it, you know, yeah. but I guess it's that thing of I've suddenly got all the time in the world and no distractions whatsoever. I'll get myself in my home studio and create a masterpiece, which is fair enough for me. Yeah. I found it was depressing and i I did live performances to keep myself going. I didn't really ever... I mean, I, I'm i um, not somebody who can produce or record my own music. I know a lot of people can now. I'm very retro with it. I, I literally sit with an acoustic guitar and a pen and a piece of paper and write music. A lot of people mm. don't work like that now. But, um, so yeah, I did. the inspiration didn't come from that for me like it did from a lot of people. Um, for me, I think... That could be because a lot of my inspiration, like I said, is from people watching. And as soon as you take people out of the equation and you're on your own all the time, then it's hard to get any inspiration for that. Um, Yeah. They wrote a song about two months ago about an encounter with a girl that happened more than two years ago. And I had a chorus for it since it happened for two years and then just suddenly sat sat one night and wrote the verses for it out of nowhere. So it's... For me, it's some people do sit and plan songwriting. And I think everybody who does it works in different ways. Some people do lock themselves in a room for hours and write an album, and some people just naturally—it um, just comes to them from time to time. And I'm definitely the latter of that. Um, yeah, I don't know so why. So you'll just
0: be going—you'll just be going about your day, and and sort of a, a lyrics will pop into your head, and you just write them down, or. Is that the yeah, there's
1: a lot work? of random mumbling into the microphone on my phone, trying to record things under my breath at work and stuff like that, just so when you get home late, you haven't forgot about it. Yeah. I, think, I remember Kelly's said in interviews before he's got cassettes full of just random shit that he's just come up with and press record. And, but the difference yeah. is. With- he can still find all them cassettes in in his house somewhere from 20 years ago, whereas every time I get a new phone, I lose them all. (laughs) Technology hasn't progressed in that sense. It's gone backwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You definitely need to find a way of backing those up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like I mentioned in a previous podcast, (laughs) um, one of the previous um, episodes about the people watching, um, because it's something I do a lot and I don't... You know, I I I'm not a songwriter. I don't, I don't do anything music related, to be honest. So, but I do like to people watch, and I do think things like, you know, um, traffic is a classic one. That that whenever I hear traffic, um, it it takes me back to a time where I would be sat, you know, and I would be people watching, and I can picture all these people that, um. You know that Kelly talks about in traffic, um you know has she got a body in the boot you know where's she going um those type those type of things yeah. so it is interesting you know people, like you said, people watching um it, it it certainly drives the imagination, doesn't it
1: yeah, definitely i think i mean throughout you know from what I can see from yeah. Kelly's career as a fan of everything he does, because I know some people dip in and out of Stereophonics because they have so many vastly different sounds between different albums. People like yeah. and really don't like others. I just like him as a songwriter. So whether it's from pull the pin to only the names have been changed, I, I like all of it and I just see it all yeah. and whatever the sound around it is. You know, I prefer word gets around over, you got to go there to come back, for example, but that's just tasting music. I always appreciate what Kelly does as a writer, but yeah, observational writing always seems to have been his thing for someone who writes songs as well. But I think that's it's very easy to write a song about a girl you're in love with, or you know, a night out with your mates, it's something else to sit no. and just. Take the time to appreciate things that might not have anything to do with you, and I think, like, you say, yeah. traffic is a good example. It's like, you know, just sat staring at your surroundings, questioning things and asking questions that you'll never know the answer to. Like all of like all the characters in traffic, you never you never find out what they were actually doing, do you? Yeah,
0: no, exactly, exactly.
1: And you know, um,
0: when as as a, a teen, maybe sixteen or seventeen, when I first start started going to the pub. And we'd be we'd be sat in one of the pubs in Aberdeen, and you you just sit by the window and you'd watch these same people, you know, walking past, and um, you know, you you just think, what what where are they going? What are they doing? And yeah. it, it it certainly does get the, you know, the imagination, and 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 you can see how traffic was i guess was created just from doing what probably all of us enjoy doing certainly yeah. me i'm I'm definitely a people watcher but a, i think a, it's a, you know it's a it's a definite talent to to put that into into words i guess
1: yeah well it's the same thing it's it pubs are a good because like the next the song i've just recorded, whether it be the next single or not i'm not sure um was like you're saying about about the pubs in Aberde where you can, you know, that's what pubs in small towns are like, but obviously I live in Manchester, so the majority of the pubs aren't like that. There's no locals, and well, the, but there is. I've found that Irish bars are a good one and the most recent, because you do get locals and you do get that kind of community in that place, even though it's a big city, you know, you walk in and people are in all the time watching the football or watching bands, you all know each other. And I wrote a song, if you know the song the gambler by kenny rogers it's a bit like that it's about meeting an old guy in a pub and you know you're not in a very good place and it gives you like some words of wisdom and you go out of there feeling better about life and then the guy passes away so you it's that kind of thing and um yeah i think that's again you don't get that i guess if you like yourself being from Aberdeer or me being from a small town in Cumbria even if you move to a city you're kind of drawn to those places where the small town sort of atmosphere still exists
0: yeah because
1: I, I think it would be very easy to move to a city like Manchester and just lose all that storytelling ability because I think absolutely I think like an example of that that people, people always go on about how the Arctic monkeys later albums are nothing like everyone loved the first album. Cause it was very small town. And I know it was in Sheffield, but it was all about going out in nightclubs and, you know, sitting in taxis and stuff. And people are like, Oh, well the new album isn't, the new albums aren't like that. It's like that's because Alex Turner's a multimillionaire, and I'm pretty sure he lives in LA now. So he's not yeah 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 the pub in Sheffield, is he? That's yeah. it. Is it. I think you. He, think he doesn't live that, in a little you? small town anymore. I think Kelly's kind of kept that. I mean, I believe he lives in has lived in London for a while, but he's he's yeah. kept in touch with his roots enough that the songwriting hasn't suffered. Because the most recent album, I think, that kind, I think that's... It could have been a Kelly solo album because it's very personal. And at the time when it came out, I th- it, I think a lot of the influences of like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and stuff come across on, yeah. on a kind album. Um, definitely. Obviously, in hindsight, after seeing his film and stuff, now we know all the stuff that Kelly was going through in that. Yeah, know. and it definitely <laughs> comes
0: across, doesn't
1: it? Yeah but when the album came out we didn't know so much about all that um no. so you know um the thing with his throat and his wife apparently miscarried yeah. the twins when they were about to go on stage at a festival and stuff like that so yeah yeah And that comes when you listen back to kind now you're like oh so that was a snapshot of where he was at that time and to be honest i guess that is when you were saying earlier about when does the inspiration come to write songs, I think a lot of the time it's at the darkest point. Yeah. In yeah. when you when you feel at your worst and things aren't going well. And I think that's probably where that album came from for Kelly.
0: Absolutely. And and you it definitely it you can definitely tell, like you said, after watching the film, you know what he yeah. was going through. But when I first listened to it before seeing the film, um I thought um, it was either you know the end of the band or I just thought you know Kelly'd had enough of, of life in general I honestly felt like that yeah. you know he said
1: um, that didn't he I, th- I think he was ready to walk away from Stereophonics and just wanted to do other stuff and I know he's got another band now with his members of the Wind and the Wave
0: uh, yeah they. I, I think they've got an album coming out soon or it might already uh, be out there I don't
1: know I'd be interested to hear that because it it appears in that that Kelly maybe isn't. You know, in Stereophonics, it, it, it's effectively the Kelly Jones band, isn't it? And he's the centre of everything with it. Whereas in when, with that new band, I can't remember the name of it now, off the top of my head. But um, it it seems like he might be not so much in the driver's seat. So it'll be interesting to see what his contribution is when he's in a different position to where he's always been and where he's comfortable.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it, it'll be interesting to listen to him, like you said, in a different, um, you know, in a different, what's the, the different word?
1: Light? It's the
0: yeah, in a different light, in a different position within the band. Like you said, you know, he, this has been his band since since the start, you know. Him, and, him. I know Richard's been constant, but Richard is always in the background kind of thing. Um, you know, Kelly's always been the main man. Um front and center it will be interesting to, to
1: to see you know how that goes it's, um i have one for you actually because you've you were around when they first came out weren't you because i missed that that's the thing for me at the minute like my generation like the the music era the, the era of the 90s that i love where it was all you know it was bands that were like me they, they were all generally work whether it was oasis or Swede or blur or pulp or there was the brick the pop stuff whereas i kind of I, I missed it because now what i do and the music i like could not possibly be more out of fashion <laughs> <laughs> we are kind of pissing into the wind trying to market my music to the mainstream now but i guess like you know what what are you glad you were there at that point in time to catch that and get to watch what's it like to watch a band like Stereophonics come from, you know, playing in your local pub, to being one of the biggest bands that's ever come out of Britain.
0: It's, it's yeah, it's it's, in, it's, it, it's been interesting to watch, um, because I think I mentioned in a previous episode I started listening to the boys just to try and fit in with you know my mates in school. Um, you know, I in, in my house. Um, it would, you know, it was always the radio that was on, and, and you know, in ninety five, ninety six, when the boys were starting out, they weren't on the radio. Um, you know that they might get a little play. We had a little radio station called Valley's Radio um, that might play might might have played them once or twice. You know, um, in a in a week, you know, it, they were very they weren't played very much. Um, I think you know the the Spice Girls are quite big. All the all the mainstream crap, you know. Um, and then one of my mates in school gave me a cassette, and he was like, "Listen to this." Um, it's the Stereophonics. My first reaction was like, "Who the fuck are they?"
2: Yeah.
0: And then you know we 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 um I listened to it, and it was just on repeat. I, I loved everything about it, and. And to be honest, it, it wasn't um it wasn't many of the the word get the round songs on there. Yeah. It was all the, the B sides. And I don't know where he got this cassette from, um, to be honest, you know, but it, it had all songs like um, you know, um Raymond's shop and you know um Poppy Day and things like that. All you the like- all the ones that, you know, unless unless you're um unless you're like fans of the band in in you know um not a big way but unless you've kind of like you did got all the albums out and really listened to them yeah. you probably won't know those songs yeah exactly um so so i listened to this cassette and then you know um i guess that's where they started for me and and then obviously finding out the story from and you know um I went to um, a school in uh, my uh, high school in mountain ash and commandment is, I don't know, maybe I don't know, five minutes away from there. So it was kind of like, um, you know, they, they were, they were our band and, and, and that's how we all feel about the stereophonics in, you know, especially in the cannon Valley. Anyway, I know it's a lot of people across the whole of Wales feel like that. Um, but it's like a, it's like a tribal thing, I guess, in the Cannon Valley. It's, um, you know, these are our band. We don't, we don't allow anybody to slag them off in any way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and
1: like and that, I think see, living in Manchester, like obviously we've got a bit of a collection of them here, really, aren't we? Of bands, that's the Oasis, the Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, Smiths, Joy Division, and stuff. Yeah, you've, but, you've got I, choices. I, we've, we've, I mean, we've never I, had a choice. We've got one. But, for me it was like even like, even for stereophonics I wasn't born so I definitely wasn't well I was born. I was stereophonics I was born in 95 so stereophonics kind of became it was 96 was local boy wasn't it The first single and 97 yeah, 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 yeah. but so for I was only two then so for me like I <laughs> missed all I missed that all of Manchester and stuff like that happened before I was born. So, yeah. for me, it's like the only bands that like the Cortinas are one. Now, I, I, the first time I ever saw the Stereophonics, the Cortinas were supporting. Okay. So, I've got the Cortinas from that and then I've seen them play to 60,000 people in Manchester. But nice, nice. You know, they're, you know, I mean, for me, they're not even in the same league as Stereophonics. But it's no, like, no. It's nice but, them.
0: but, you know, um, go, going on from that then, um, uh, I. I remember saving up all my um my pocket money for a couple of weeks um to be able to to um go and get word word gets around from yeah. Virgin Mega store the day that it came out um you know it it was a big day for me because it was um i must have been about thirteen at that time um and it was the first time that I was allowed to Cardiff on a train on my own um, <laughs> without my parents yeah. so you know it was a it was a a lad's day out i guess. Um the the, the boys I, they did a sign in there. I think it was they were there at the midnight. I think it might yeah. the Virgin Megastore might have opened at midnight for the for the sign in. Um obviously so get there at midnight. Um but I went I went the next day. But um, you know, to go from that I know Virgin Megastores was was rammed that whole day, I think, you know, um but that was still compared to what they are now quite a a small you know they they was they were small time then probably unknown outside of you know outside of maybe South Wales or or little known outside South Wales to now um I mean just through doing this podcast and, and the social media for it you know there's stereophonics like fan groups in like fucking all across the world. Yeah.
1: There's um, a movie,
0: yeah. You know, I, um, I went to, we went to Vietnam a couple of years ago. and I, I, I'm speaking of like Vietnamese locals about the band and they know a lot of them knew the phonics. Yeah. And I don't know where that a lot of that came from. I think they filmed bartender on the river in Vietnam. Yeah, I believe they
1: did, with the helicopters and stuff. Yeah,
0: with the Vietnamese army, I believe. So I think a lot of it came from that. But yeah, it's crazy to just go like the other side of the world and and you know people talk about a band that is essentially from your street.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: In, in, halfway across the world, kind of thing, and it. it Whenever that happens, wherever you are, as a as a
1: as someone from that area, it makes you feel proud, you know. Yeah, definitely. I also think it's quite interesting with Stereophonics, like the longevity because they've got cause a lot of the things you're saying there about being like 13 and going and buying work, gets around and maybe seeing them for the first time. You know, they the, they were still doing that for me, even though there's like a decade of maybe a decade or so in between that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Even
1: all this time later, there's still people who are 13 now discovering Stereophonics with songs like "Sailor B" and stuff like that. Yeah. And the first, the first gig I ever went to, where I remember going without my mum and dad, was I think they were playing. Stereophonics were playing a warm up gig in like Grimsby Auditorium or Doncaster Dome in like a, to like 1,500 people, and I remember me and my yeah. from school going. So even you know even. that's one of the things about them for me is they've outlasted everybody from their generation. You know, Oasis aren't around anymore. Yeah. Probably you can count on one hand the amount of bands who've lasted, especially through all the changes there's been in the past 10 years in Mm. how people consume music and what people are interested in and stuff. I think it's there's something about stereophonics that's just cross-generational and that people can still get into it but I I don't think there's many bands you can say have done that like Oasis of their time and then their time went and they went with it and Mm. that's generally what happens isn't it with bands or stereophonics they're just there aren't they? (laughs) Yeah yeah.
0: and I I think um, you know I think that's a a testament to you know his again his songwriting and his ability to um, I guess capture an audience, regardless of age, through his stories, you know, um, even like you've got. Um, I'm trying to compare and contrast an early song to a to a late song, and if you talk about his storytelling, and you've got something like um, even local boy, um, it is a is a good story. Billy Davy, B- Billy Davy's daughter, a great story. And if you come more recent, "All in One Night" is a is yeah. a is a man. It like it's yeah. such a basic song in terms of lyrics. You know, um, it's it's just like when I when the first time I listened to that, I was like, I didn't I didn't rate the song that much, but I thought yeah, I a great sto- it's a great story. Like yeah. it, And and I thought it was Kelly at his best in terms of songwriting. Yeah. You know, I I wasn't a massive fan of the song, but I thought the story was amazing.
1: I guess that's the progression of musical tastes and progression of Kelly as, well, the whole band, not only as an artist, but what the equipment they can afford. So I think when I've seen Jamie play that song live, he doesn't play it on the drums. He plays it on like a drum, electrochronic drum pad to the left. Yeah. And it's like when you think back to the 90s, Stuart Cable didn't have that, did he? On Word, No, well. no, no, it's like that <laughs> whole new thing that it, in studios at the level they're at, with the amount of money that's not like that's behind them and the mm-hmm. amount of equipment that's developing because it, it must be so tempting. Well, that, that's why bands are doing things like that, because it's like, oh, there's this new thing in the corner. We've not had a go on this yet. Let's have a go at that. And that's how <laughs> things, that, I imagine that's how them songs come about. Like, I've started playing yeah. the last couple of years. I, rather than have a band, um, Jerry Cinnamon was the one that inspired me to do this. He, I think Katie Tunstall uses one as well. as a Boss RC 300. It's a loop pedal, but it's a big one with like four different banks of sound on it. So you can record a guitar riff into one, and then you can activate and stop that guitar riff whenever you want, whilst you're playing it. You can stop and activate the drums and change the drum stuff while you want. And then suddenly it's like, you don't need a band. Because this Uh pebble board, you stick it in the box at the end of your gig. It doesn't need a hotel room. It doesn't want any drinks. It doesn't want any... (laughs) You you don't have to pay it. Yeah, you don't have to pay it. You don't have to organize your tour and your rehearsals around what it's doing in its private life. It's brilliant. It's it's like but it's it's you know, I've started using that. I mean, if if a band the the right band members came along, I would rather be in a band. But um, yeah, the, so all the, these technological advances in music are probably how songs like All in One Night come about because you just thought, Oh, yeah, this yet, we'll see what this sounds like.
0: Yeah, see. It's, it's mad. It also makes you think how you know how? How do you think they would be if if Stewart was still around?
1: I think he'd um, be back in the band. I think there was there's footage of them, isn't there? Not long before he died, were they all at a wedding and they attempted to play Tramps Best and kept. They were all absolutely smashed and Kelly just wasted all the way through it. But, yeah, yeah. I think it it was heading that way, wasn't it? And sadly, obviously, what happened to Stuart happened. And yeah. Um, well I,
0: I my my last guest Simon was um a close friend of Stuart's and and yeah. he, he certainly felt the same way. Yeah. Um, and you know that would have been so amazing to see and and definitely you know but
1: I never saw I never saw Stuart play by the time I went it was it was Javier was in the band playing Javier. drums at that point and then obviously it went on to be uh, Jamie. Yeah, I've never unfortunately, well, I never got the chance to see Stuart, but, but I've got a DVD, or well, my dad's got a DVD, of Cardiff Castle, 98, and Morpher mm-hmm. and Stadium as well. But the Cardiff Castle one's my favourite, and it's my favourite. I would give anything to a being at that gig. I think I've worn yeah. out two copies of that DVD, just watching it over <laughs> and over again, up. But I think it just... Gigs and stuff aren't like that anymore. You know, the, there was no phones, there was no... Everybody was just that's it. A, a lot it, of people. You were there it you were, there. mobile screen yeah. now, don't they? Yeah, so if you were there, you were there. If you weren't, you missed it. Tough shit, and it, yeah, you know, that yeah. made it more special. Whereas now you go to a gig, it might be the best night you've ever had, but every fucker else has seen it on YouTube 24 hours later, haven't they? And it's yeah, like, yeah, away from it.
0: And that's what annoys me a little bit at gigs is that people literally watch the, the gig through their mobile phone screen. Yep. You know, their phone is literally in front of their face recording every bloody minute. Like, yeah. you it's know, weird- you, you're going to go home and dance to it later. You, you yeah. watch it and dance then rather than now.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It is a, I think people, but it's just a snapshot of, I think people live their entire lives like that now. People don't do anything in the moment. It's like, we'll film this or we'll take a photograph of this and we'll enjoy it later. Just enjoy it now while it's happening or even people don't live things at all and don't enjoy them at all but they want it to look like they've enjoyed it on social media well that's social media down to a teammate isn't it i don't don't get it it's just like people nothing seems to really actually happen anymore as long as it looks like it happened on your social media account then you you saw that how was that a life I think yeah, I'm one exactly. generation, to be honest. I think I should have been. A you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're like oh, 60. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Brilliant.
1: Have, have, um, you met, have you met Kelly?
0: No. To be honest, I I'm, I don't have the patience to wait after the gig, which <laughs> yeah, I know is right. yeah. I, I know is the way to go, and I know a lot of people do it. I I don't have the patience. Yeah. Um, my missus, who usually comes with me to the gig, certainly won't have the patience. Um, but you know, I I will one day. To be honest, I'm I'm going to make it my mission to get him on this podcast for a start. Yeah,
1: I, was <laughs> that, I, I hope he comes on it. I'm sure. I'm sure if Natalie sees it and word gets back to her about it, he'll absolutely. But absolutely, um, like I did wait after a gig, and he's it, like. It's one of those things you always get told, like never meet. He's my obviously he's my absolute hero and my idol, and you get told to never meet that person, don't you? Because they're, yeah. both, they're not going to be who you thought they were. Well, do it like being a musician. I've met most. Of my idols a year earlier than I met Kelly I bumped into Noel Gallagher shopping in the Arndale which completely ruined my image of Noel Gallagher because really? he's always been a, a, like this big rock star and he was like in Oasis and then he was just wandering past with his mate with shopping bags in his hand in them on a Saturday yeah. afternoon and I was like yeah. that can't be Noel Gallagher I was like no it is Noel so I went and spoke to him and it was amazing you know everyone he's one of those people everyone says oh you don't want to meet him he's an asshole, and he wasn't at all considering I shoot yeah. up an escalator in a shopping centre. it was absolutely fine.
0: But, uh, I, love Nog- I love Noel Gallagher yeah. as well.
1: But when I met absolutely Kelly, imagined. it was always that it... I've re- always, always wanted to meet him. And, but there was that, like, I hope he doesn't turn out to be a knobhead thing in my head. And he, honestly, he couldn't have been nicer. Like, he was he's exactly how, you, how I imagined he would be. He's just the... He, it was out. There was obviously loads of people crowding around him, and he almost seemed uncomfortable with it. He was like like in this sort of shy, "Why do you want to speak to me?" sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just is is happy on stage, but he doesn't understand why we're all so in awe of him in general. Yeah, That's yeah. the impression I got from him. He was like, "Why?" It's like I was like, "Oh my god!" Like you inspired me to write music, and I'm doing a degree in music, and he was like, "Oh, brilliant!" Like you know, well done. And then I was like, it's all because of you. And he just didn't seem to, it's almost as if he didn't get that. Yeah. But some people, some of my mates, like mates come to my gigs and they're all like, oh, you're absolutely amazing at that. And I'm like, Am I? it's just something that I can do. I, I, I it's don't... what you do. Yeah, of course. If you can do it, you don't understand why people think it's so amazing because it's so natural to you. And I, I kind of get that now, but why he felt, why Kelly came across as like, why are you so amazed by me? Because it's just what he does. Yeah. It? It's not, if you go to work every day and someone comes in and goes, oh, you're amazing at your job. You're like, what? It's just what I do every day. and that, uh, that, it's, my, it's my day. It's my job,
0: isn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. But but I, I do, he did, I, he did do, I wanted to mention, because like, I thought it was brilliant and that I didn't expect. Um, I think my mum, uh, just random. I was going through a crap couple of years and um, I think my mum just happened to message Natalie saying I was having a bit of a crap time and that Kelly was a big influence on me and stuff and when I got up at Christmas my mom gave me this thing and I opened it and it was a signed postcard from Kelly it just said to Ash uh, keep strong from Kelly Jones and I was like the fact that he was bothered at all like he's so faint like what what difference does it make to him whether whether where I'm having a very shit time or not and yeah, but for somebody, she's Natalie, or somebody's obviously said to him, you know, this kid's massively inspired by you and it would mean a lot. And for him to take, I know it's only 30 seconds out of his life yeah. but to actually bother and to actually write it specifically to me and sign it and listen to what was going on. I thought, I think that says a lot about what he's like as a person and how down to earth and in touch with his roots he general, genuinely still is, even yeah. being as famous and as successful as he's been. So I think that's why he's like as cut above every other band I like for me, it's him as a person, he's just brilliant,
0: yeah. And I think, um, yeah, he, he hasn't lost touch with, with his fans that a lot of musicians, when they get to a you know a, a certain level of stardom, do almost. Um, and what you said about the, um, the postcard there, um, you, I, you know. It's thirty I know you said it's thirty seconds out of his time, but he does that for a lot you know, he does it for yeah. anyone that asks, I guess. Which, you know, um he, he could probably be forgiven for just being you know, signing his name and then getting Natalie to write the little message to you. But I know he doesn't do that. Um and I got a wedding card from him um a couple of oh, years brilliant. back, which yeah. you know, um which, you know, <laughs> it it was like it's my wedding day, it should be the biggest day of my life, but this was, like, one of the best parts, just, oh, my wife is in the next room, and if she hears it, she's probably gonna (laughs) go fucking mental in a a sec, if she hears me saying that, but, you know, it, it it was a, I was like, wow, you know, I think, like like uh, you felt, you know, it's, it's only 30 seconds, but for him to you know, write something like you know, Paul and Amy, you know, happy wedding day, have a have a great one or whatever, and yeah. and then sign it. It's like he's actually taken time to to think. First about of all, re, yeah, re, yeah. Oh, and, and and read a message that you know um has been sent to him or Natalie or whoever.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, he, he's literally taken a minute or two out of his life. Yeah, to focus. You know, his attention on me just for just a, a minute or two, and it makes you feel it. it uh, like you said, it is a, That's why he's a cut above everyone else.
1: Yeah, well, for me as well. Him doing that, it might just be coincidence, but it might be because of that. And it gave me a bit of encouragement to get out of a crap place. Everything I've done since then, in the six, however many months we are into this, I think six months into this year since Christmas, mm. I've completely turned. Pretty much every aspect of my life around, and whether that's just coincidence or whether that's because he sent that and it gave me that little kick to think, you know, even the person you think is, you know, the most amazing person in the world has taken the time to think about you, and he'll probably never in a million years, no one will ever be able to explain to him why that would mean so much to me or why that wedding card meant so much to you because he just yeah, he, to him he's just him, and he's just being nice. Which, he, which yeah. is exactly what he's doing, but he doesn't realize that we look at him. It, I think it's it, it. It would be hard for anybody to ever kind of make him understand how things these simple little things like that have such a big impact on other people.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and you know, uh, like you said, you're going through a bit of a a, a shit time, sort of um, six months ago or last year or whatever. And and I guess how how does it make you feel to after watching his video um and seeing that he might have been going through something similar you
1: know, it's, it is that yeah i guess he might have heard my story and thought you know what mate i've had a shit couple of years as well i know exactly how you feel it, it, it <laughs> exactly that yeah, you let you just never you know forget, yeah you forget he's human just because he's famous and just because he's successful he's still a person and you know he, he like you see, there's an endless list of things that happened. For me, it was just I went through a year or two of it, it was just one tragedy after another. And it by the sounds of it and the things we've seen from his film, it looks like it was for him as well. So yeah, I guess I see what you mean there. It's like he's probably just thought, you know, if someone had maybe somebody did, you know, somebody said something to him done a similar thing, someone who meant something to him, whether it was a family member or somebody he looks up to, has done the same thing, and he's thought, well, if I do this simple four words, can make a difference to somebody, and in my case, it has, in one way or yeah, another. Definitely. So, and yeah, yeah definitely.
0: And, and that's, a, you know, um, I think, you know, it, and that's the, what he can do for people, you know, like you said, I, you know, he might have wrote... Five, six, seven words in a card to you, but it it changed. It turned your whole life around. It's a
1: rim um, on top of my guitar amp, so now every nice. time I'm having you know rehearsing or practicing a song, it's next to the sofa in my living room. Actually, so anytime I'm just sat having a drink or I might feel a bit shit, it it's there in the corner. Yeah. It, it's just a reminder that even you know the guy you I've idolized since I was thirteen, he you know he's he's supporting me in some way or another
0: yeah exactly yeah, exactly and yes. i think um, you know when i when i um am moving into my new house now um, shortly um and i i'm going to convert my um garage into a bar um and and my yeah. Yeah. you know my all my phonic stuff are going on the wall um in there you know that's going to be my little kind of man cave and my my little you know dedication to the to the band i think yeah
1: Somewhere yeah. somewhere to do your podcast from. you have to set it all up in that, the background. Exactly, exactly
0: yeah. mate. Exactly. That's that's the plan. Um,
1: so you'll have to see if you can get them to brew some more of that stereophonics. It was it an ale that they brought out a few years ago? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I never I was, I'm not sure they
1: still... Hmm? I never still managed that? to get of it.
0: Do you know, I got a couple. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And it was... They... Of this gig, actually, Keep the Summer Alive. Yeah. 2000, 2016 Cardiff City Stadium. Yeah. Um, I think they might have only been, you know, was it, I think it was Brains pubs that were doing it. Um, yeah. You know, we managed to find one bar in Cardiff that was doing it. Um, and they were doing it at the gig. I, I don't know if they did it at any of the other gigs, you know, around the country and the world, but they certainly had it at the Cardiff City Stadium one. Um and I don't even like ale, but I had to have some just because, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So there's a few bands doing things with the. I know the Cortina's brought a beer out for the kind of a similar thing. I think they had a big gig in Manchester, and for a few days, you could get it in bottles. I've got, I kept two of the bottles, they're probably worth a fortune now. But yeah, five Years ago, but the Pope brought <laughs> a lot of whiskey as well. I drink that. You can buy that anywhere. I, buy, I drink that all the time. But yeah, yeah. But nice. um, it's a good thing to do, I'll that's something I'll look into one day. If the music's not going so well, I'll just bring a drink out. <laughs> it's yeah,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely, mate. It's an idea.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, Ash, we're just about coming to the end. We're just about running out of time, mate. Where can we? Where can
1: can we see you, or where can we find your music? Um, in terms of live gigs, obviously, I can't really say much at the minute because of the lockdown, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go on Facebook, it's Ash Palmer Music. Instagram, it's Ash Palmer Music underscore 95, just because it's got to be awkward on there, hasn't it? Um, Twitter, <laughs> Ash Music as well. Um, but the music's all... I can't remember how many songs there is. There's a few songs on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Basically, they get uploaded to this thing called DistroKid that's like a distributor. It's on all the major ones if you use... Any of the major ones, it's on there, and there's some really random ones that nobody's ever heard of that it all gets put on, but Spotify and Apple Music, are the big ones, they're all on there. Uh, SoundCloud, if anybody still <laughs> uses that. But um, if you go on the social media <laughs> pages, there'll be... I've got plans for new music within the next couple of months, and um, gigs, are, everything's up in the air. Nobody wants to announce anything at the minute because it could get cancelled. And Of course, the whole industry is in that book, but um, yeah, if you go on those places and if you're interested, and also I will post if I'm doing another one where I do loads of stereophonics covers, so happy yeah, days. Definitely worth
0: if, um, If you were going to tell everybody to go and listen to one of your songs that are going to convert them into Ash Palmer fans, which one should we look out for?
1: Um, I Made You Toast. It's the most recent single. It came out on St. Patrick's Day in 2020. And uh, that one seems to be the one people like. If you're looking for something a bit more stereophonic um, y, yeah. Streets Where We Survive, it's one of my older songs. But yeah, that one's a bit more stereophonic. I made you to it's quite Irish folk influenced.
0: <laughs> awesome. So we got a couple there. Perfect. Um... I, I've had a listen already I love it um, and I'll certainly obviously uh, keep an eye out for you going forward mate hopefully see you live at some point
1: yeah uh, and I'll up- let you know and uh, maybe we
0: can get a pint
1: yeah definitely man because I'm sure there's a million stereophonic stories we've not managed to fit into the past 45 minutes so we'll get some more in
0: exactly mate exactly maybe um, we'll, we'll we'll get together again in series two as well we'll do another yeah, one
1: I'll be well up for that definitely
0: Perfect. Ash, um, what can we play you out with? Stereophonic song to play us out.
1: Well, uh, I believe you've already had Local Boy, haven't you? On one. That's my favourite of all time. I
0: think that might but have been the first I've yeah. had
1: that one already, so I won't repeat that one. I'll um I go with that's like everybody has their favourite one. And then each week you might have a different one that's top at the minute. I've had uh, Lion in the Sun on it work quite a lot, so we'll go with that one. Perfect, Lion in the Sun.
0: Awesome. Um, Ash, thank you very much for your time, mate. It's been a pleasure speaking to you.
1: Thank you very much. Um, Andy, I appreciate it.
0: We'll stay in touch and we'll we'll do it again and we'll certainly have a pint um, together at some point.
1: Yeah, once lockdown's over with, we'll sort something out. Maybe at a stereophonics gig. Definitely. Right. Cheers, Cheers, Ash. Catch you soon. Cheers, man. See you in a bit. Cheers, buddy. ta
0: Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. That's the end of this episode. Please hit the follow or subscribe button. Um, to show your support for the podcast but it will also notify you when the next episode is live once again thank you very much for your support and to play us out this is our guest's favorite stereophonic song mm-hmm.